Welcome back, y'all. I am so thankful and welcome you here to the Silver Sessions podcast. Once again, another week, dropping another episode with a king. This king and I actually met via social media, Instagram. And I am the type of person that I want to be able to bring amazing uh, stories to you guys, amazing transformations, because for me, it is important that you understand that you can turn your pain into purpose, just as I've been able to do. It's important that you understand that you've got everything inside of you, that you are enough, right? And so this king, Frederick and I, uh, I actually heard his story for the very first time on somebody else's podcast. And I was just so drawn. Like, how does a person come through this? How do you survive, you know, after eating out of garbage cans? How do you survive, you know, being spit on? And you guys will hear him, you know, tell more of his story um, in this interview. And I need it for you all to understand that your best days are ahead of you. They are so not behind you. And um, anything that you've experienced, I, I just want to pour into you. I want to let you know that this is to press into you so that you can understand the importance of your story being told, the importance of your life being fulfilling the purpose that is on it. We all have a purpose, no matter where we are in life, no matter what has happened, we all have a purpose. And so without further ado, we're going to jump right into the episode because uh, you guys have got to hear this story. So can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the Sober Sessions podcast. It is your girl. I'm so thankful to be back, you guys. And of course, we have another king that I'm interviewing today. I'm super excited, super humbled to have him here. He is an amazing, just an amazing vessel. That's the that's the best way I could describe him. Um, I heard his story on someone else's podcast and I was like I got to get him on my podcast I ain't never heard a story like this in my life and you guys know over here you know we definitely pursue purpose not pain when you leave this podcast the goal is that your life will be transformed the goal is that you take the tools that are given here um, so that you can understand that your life is not just to be seen you're not here to just you know shout out everybody else or look at everybody else winning it's so that you too can pursue what god has called for your life so of course y'all help me welcome none other than mr frederick chagall i'm telling you how do you say that name chagall <laughs> i think i couldn't even pronounce it when i was a kid uh thank you for having me first and foremost uh how good is god right um just so humbled that god has given me another day um another day sober too I'm also very thankful that we met. Um, I got to say that, number one, I thank you for who you are and what you do. But one of the things um, that really brought me to you and one of the things I really liked about you is your verbiage. And that was high king, high queen. And I just think that that is so important, how we speak and what we put out there matters. Um, so thank you for that. Um, it just that. Your spirit just is unbelievable. And I think for this platform, you're saving lives. It's a blessing. And your, you know, history is going to shine very bright on you. Oh, I think. I receive it. I receive it. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. I am literally just a vessel. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think that modestly, you know, like uh, right. humbly because I was, you know, out there doing crazy stuff. But this ain't about me. This ain't even about me. This is about you. I understand. You guys know just a little bio about Mr. Chagall. Right. Um, he's a motivational speaker and he is an honor student, but he has so much more than that. You know, like we had a little conversation beforehand. Right. We got live. We right. had difficulties before we got live. <laughs> I just trust God that this is going to be an incredible, uh, you know, episode for you guys. That you're going to really get a lot out of this. So take us back to the beginning, Frederick. Let us know um, what was life before sobriety. Well, um, it was a life of a person with untreated mental health and substance abuse. Uh, and addiction. Um, it was a hot mess. Um, so I, my first time ever getting high, like I get asked all the time for what'd you go to rehab for? What would you do? So the first time I ever got high was nine years old. It was on my asthma inhaler. And I tell, and I tell people addiction is a brain disorder, right? So like my mom, and, and I remember like when I was a kid eating too much Captain Crunch, I remember like, you know, playing my Sega till it burned out on date myself. Um, so like, I remember doing everything to the max fast forward. I had two years sobriety. I ate so much ice cream. My cholesterol shut up. Uh, I have cologne in my house that if I use so much, I break out, I have a steroid clean. The point is my brain, anything I touch that I enjoy, I do to the ultimate max. That's what addiction is. So life before this was everything you can think of an addiction, homelessness, getting out of a dumpster, uh, unhealthy, completely unhealthy relationships, because I'm a firm believer, you attract what you are, um, lying, stealing, conniving, you know, all the stuff that isn't sobriety-like. Right, right, right. And it's, it's, I like that you said at the beginning, you know, it is addiction, it's, it's, it's tied to mental health, right? Absolutely. Um, we don't tend to think that, you know, um, and, and as we dive more into your story, I'm sure you'll, you'll share, um, we, we, we grew up in homes where a lot of things are not discussed, mental health, right? As well as addiction to that go hand in hand. Um, what was that like for you growing up? You said that you, you first, your first taste of, of, of drugs or, or association with drugs or substances rather was at nine years old. So what was, what was that like for you? So I was very fortunate growing up that I had a mother that went to treatment once for five days and by God's grace, she'll celebrate 26 years in September. Mm -hmm. However, I grew up in the rooms of fellowship and on top of that, she had a career um, in recovery. So I grew up in a home and she has mental illness. Um, she struggled with bipolar. So I grew up in my four walls in my home it was normal to hear the verbiage of behavioral health. It was normal to hear about psych medication. It was normal, you know, my mom had a few trips to the psych institution, inpatient stage. Um, I had to go see her there. Like, so it was, no, it, it, in my home, it wasn't mm -hmm. stigmatized. However, in my family setting and in the world, as we know, stigma outweighs education. Like, regardless of how many institutions, regardless of how many of these top level brains and scientists and doctors and studies, people just refuse to believe the education over their own belief system. So I kind of lived a double life to where in my home, I understood that mental health and addiction was a true illness, not a disgrace. But in the world, it was, we don't talk about it. We don't say anything. We keep it quiet. And it wasn't until recently doing some work with my therapist that I understood I was navigating two worlds. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. See, mine was just the opposite. In my home, it wasn't talked about. Like, that just wasn't, it was more acceptable than you saw whatever the family member was, you know, abusing alcohol, it was so receiving. And then outside, I was judging. I was like, oh, look right. at him, look at her. Right. And right. listen, that's me. I'm being honest. I, you know, right. I thank God that I've gotten educated and I don't think like that anymore. Right. So right. how do you go from what you've seen at home, your mom being able right. to really show you what this lifestyle is, what behavioral patterns are not, you know, necessarily normal and how you get treatment. How do you go from that to your life being impacted the way it, it was? It's a good question. It's one a lot of people ask me. Um, and I say, look, my mom triggered one dime and I went for 20 times. Here's the reality. You take a kid, right? There's one kid that grows up in a home. Wait, say that again. Your mom what? So my mom went to one treatment. I went to 20, right? Like, so we had different journeys completely. Um, so... I, I, I put it like this to people. You grow up in a home, right? And there's a kid that grows up and his dad's a football coach. Some kids grow up and become a football coach or they do something affiliated with football. Mm -hmm. Then there's the kid that do complete opposite. I understood at a young age because she took me to the room because I was around people um, that had these issues. I understood early the power of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. But just because I understood that didn't mean I had the wisdom to live that out. And that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I had the knowledge. I understood that. But the wisdom was, I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do what I want. And part of that was, I didn't want to be my mother. And I felt like if I, if I didn't try drinking, if I didn't try smoking weed, that I was just doing that because my mom said not to. And I was going to live this plain, plain, boring life. And you got to remember, I'm a kid. Right. Right. Like, I'm... I'm nine, 10, 12, ain't no 12 year old trying to read no AA book, right. ain't no 15 year old. You know, you don't get girls in America, at least where I grew up at saying, hi, my name is Freddie, I'm sober. Would you like to come home? Like, come on. Yeah. So yeah, like I wanted to be like the other kids. I was so infatuated with trying to be like everybody else instead of just accepting that I'm not and this is who God made. Mm -hmm. I can agree with that, um, you know, listen, Myself included. I grew up, I saw my mom drinking, and, and I can recall saying, like, I, I just, and not that she was just blackout drunk. Right. Um, she had some relatives that were, but um, I still didn't like being under the influence. And so I can right. I verbally said, I'm not going to drink when I get older. But as, you know, as you get old, a little bit older, your friends are doing it, and you feel like you want to be accepted. So I get exactly what you're saying. Who wants to go to meetings? They're like, yeah, you know, me and my mom just came back from an AA meeting. This is what's up. That ain't, that ain't the story you share with your friends. No. And you got to remember, too, that I'm a kid, but I'm around heavy adult things. Most parents try to hide their children from that type of stuff. I'm 9, 10, 11 years old hearing how people shot dope in their neck, hearing how they've stolen off their children, hearing how they sold themselves. Most kids ain't growing up in that type of environment, hearing that type of verbiage. Like, they either grow up in the extreme end where they see that, or they grow up on the end where everything's plain. I grew up in both worlds. Yeah. So, and, and I tell people a lot of times, too, understand that I'm trying to understand these concepts at an age of 11, 12, 13, 14. Yes, now I understand because now I have perspective. Now I'm reading journals. Now I'm around people that can explain this. But at 12 years old, to walk into an AA meeting, and, and you know what's funny when I think about this, what's deep? I would judge you if you shot heroin, and I would judge you if you snorted pills. Because in my mind, 
those were the worst drug addicts. Even though my mom had me around people that alcohol tore their life up, I figured if you have a good job and you drink a beer, you're celebrating. Mm, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is so profound because it's true. I thought the same way too. Like I thought the worst issues, the worst, the lowest level of people were the ones that snorted, you know, dope or did crack or whatever. Definitely not the ones that drink alcohol because that was just how it was. It was just, it was so included at the funerals, at the repast, that, you know, everywhere you went, that's where it was. And that was how we dealt with life. But let's move on to this. You know, now you're at this place where you've been exposed to all sorts of life. You know, everyone who's, you know, been dealing with different levels of substances and not thinking you would be that person, but you're still, like you said, you're living in two different worlds. So how do you, you know, maneuver life? You either go left or you're going right. So how do you go down that path where you're eating out of garbage cans? How does that happen? Um, it's a great question. And the reality of it is, I am a person that I only change based on pain. I've been like that my whole life. Wow. My mom tells me to come in the house at 7, I come in at 7.01, she gets the belt, I come in the house at 7. I just, the way my brain maneuvers and functions, I'm off pain. I can give you a thousand examples of how somebody told me not to do something, I did the opposite, and I got pain. So, the reality was, I was in an unhealthy relationship because I was spiritually unhealthy. Okay. I attracted what I was and the relationship was horrible and I was un I was irresponsible. I didn't have any parenting skills. I just I untreated mental health and all that. And I thought, and I tell people this all the time, I thought that my life got better because I got a better degree, better house, more money. See, I thought it was to feel the outside. Because if I can make the outside theatrics look right, it'll lift my self-esteem because I'm going to get attention. I'm going to get the girls I want. I'm going to have a certain stature in life. And let me tell you what I learned. I was able to obtain anything, but I'm not able to maintain it because it's not built on good spiritual principles. So what happened? Because I didn't fix my soul, because I didn't work on my character defects, because I wasn't taking my medication, because I wasn't doing therapy and journaling and psycho health. I ended up eating out of a dumpster, panhandling, begging for change, sleeping next to the mice running over me. I remember peeing on myself. I remember thinking I would rather die hungry and drunk than to die sober and full. Because I was so spiritually sick and I was so spiritually dead that I had money in my pocket to buy food, but I wanted to make sure I spend that on alcohol because the pain of my life and the shame of my life have gotten so bad that I could not leave this world sober. Oh my God. That's where I was at. Wow. My goodness. I'm telling you, like, that right there is powerful. I mean, just to hear you be able to say something like that, right? The fact that you knew where you were, you were very present in where you were. Absolutely. Right. And to know that there's an option. Right. But your brain is telling you one thing, you know, and it, it, it didn't make sense to you. It, it, everything couldn't line up. So, of course, it, how many people are really looking at life like that? When you said one thing about understanding that, you know, if I thought I looked the, the par. Right. If I thought that I showed up together, that was me. That was me. I I would go into environments with all the exterior, uh, what would you call it, exterior yeah. 
togetherness. Things. Right, right, right. Look <laughs> and meanwhile, inside I was crying and dying. Totally and he tries to understand that. It doesn't matter how you look. You can look good to anybody, right? And that's why we can't go off surface because surface is very, very much a lie. Good facades. Good facades. And, and then some of us have been taught that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's deep because in my job now, I keep hearing all this stuff about being professional. I don't know what that is. I just know how to be Freddie. Like I, I've actually had things not go well and turn down speaking engagements because what you see is what you get. And I'm not for everybody. And I had to accept that a long time ago. I don't have, I, I know there's elevator speeches, but I really just got me. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's go back to this. Right, right. Lying next to a dumpster, yes. around you, right. and you urinated on yourself. And I, I appreciate, yes. first of all, let me say I appreciate your transparency because I too have peed on myself, honey. Let me let you know that. <laughs> to the I too. So, Welcome to the family. <laughs> I'm not here to say like, you know, oh my gosh, this is something I'm, I'm foreign to. No, right, my only way to heaven is through Jesus. That, hello, been there. Peed on myself and peed in the cup. But anyway, right. that ain't really about me, right? So <laughs> let's get back to you. Um, you're lying next to a dumpster and all this is going around you. So at what point do you say, this is it? I'm going to get Oh, my no. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not how this happened. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was okay with dying that way. Um, I, I fell asleep, um, passed out drunk. And the guy, some African-American king, if I ever see him, I swear to God, if he hears this podcast, call me to message LLC. Mm. He found me and he woke me up. I said, what are you doing? He said, um, I called the ambulance. I said, oh, no. I said, let me die. I said, I'm a horrible human being. I failed as a human being. I failed as, as a parent. I failed. Let me die. And so he said, brother, you ain't dying today. And he handed me a pillow and a bottle of water. Mm. I get emotional talking about this. I get uh, emotional. Oh my God. And the ambulance showed up and uh, he saved my life. And and it's funny, right? Because I go down there two weeks ago. I'm in this documentary and they had me pray in front of the dumpster I ate out of. Right? Telling them. and, And I'm sitting there thinking, God, like, my goodness. You didn't took me from this to travel in the country. Power of God. Yeah. Whoa, my God, my God, my God. Let me tell you, yeah. that resonated with me so deeply. And no, I've never been to the extent, my life has never been that low. Right. Um, but I've had moments to feel bad and, and, and unworthy and, and just forgotten right. um, and didn't want to live. Right. What I do understand too is that you know, I'm so conscious of not walking by people, right? I'm not saying I'm here. I can't save the world. Right. But what I can do is offer you compassion. You know, I, I think, you know, hearing you say that, I see people all the time that are homeless. I, when I have to walk to work and I have to walk through Penn Station in, in New Jersey, and there's so many homeless people there. I'm so conscious. I'm like, let me make sure I bring an extra apple, an extra banana, an extra bottle of water. Let me make sure I do something. And I, I hope, if you get nothing from this podcast, I hope you get that. I hope you get that we don't know how people's stories end or rather begin. We get to choose how they end. 
Um, but we don't we don't know. The beginning could be rough or or nice. Right. The middle could really be something totally opposite from, from what they expected. But we get to be a contributor to good or bad in that. And here it was, this gentleman, God bless that king, who came in. He didn't. He he could have chosen to pass you by and say, you know. He made that. He made that choice. Let him lie in it. He made that bed. Let him lie in it. Because we do make that assumption too with with people. But when we were talking off on the phone before, you know, for this podcast, you had told me that a woman did something to you, and I want oh, you to share yeah. that with the audience. Like, so when you were in that prior to this king coming and being so compassionate and loving, there were other people that saw you. And what did this lady do? Yes, you know, I laugh about it now. Um, because my perspective is uh, bless them, change me. And my perspective is when they throw mud, you throw fruit, right? Um, as we all know, Jesus washed Judas' feet. So I'm going to be Christianly. And I don't do that every day. I don't do that every day. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm at the Ritz-Carlton. Because my theory was if I bake for change at the Ritz-Carlton, people coming out of here got $20 a square, got $5 a square. Hello. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the side of the building because the Ritz-Carlton is like, you know, they don't want you to for change out front. So I'm on the side of the building. I'm sitting there and people walk past, you know, everybody's different on how they do this homeless thing and how they treat people. So the lady walks past me, well-dressed lady, nice. Um, and I'm not going to say her uh, uh, what she looked like because I don't want people getting bad thoughts about it don't matter. The color doesn't matter. That's about you were a human being and yeah. she's a human being. Yeah, that's all that matters. Color don't yeah. matter. Yeah. This other human being who happened to be a woman walked past me and said, get a job, nigger, right? Mm. So uh, I think what she didn't understand, I'll get into that part. So she walks past me and I said, okay. And then she spits on me, mm-hmm. right? But here's what's deep. After she spit on me, I said, all right, well, you going to give me some money? Because you don't seem to understand it. I'm homeless. Mm-hmm. Spitting on me is like, you know, right. whatever. She throws the money at me. It was twenty dollars bill. It was the most money I had gotten all day, right? But what? Here's what's deep about that. Number one, how hurt do you got to be right. to somebody in that position? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, yeah. Number two, what's deep about this is, and this is why you're always kind. That woman walking past four years ago don't realize that now, by God's grace, I'm speaking in school. I might have spoke to one of her children. Mm. See, that, that that's why you gotta be mindful yes. of who you treat when you treat them. Because the same people you see on the way up is the same people you see on the way down. That's right. So it took me a long time to forgive her. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is I need to pray for her because obviously there's things going on in her life that got her so hurt and damaged. Yeah. And she would hurt another human being. And real quick, right? What people don't understand about homelessness, and let me be very frank about this. I've been in 20 facilities, all kinds of treatment centers, recovery home shelters. Some of the smartest people I've ever met on this planet were homeless. I because can, they're readers. I can, yes. And they have gifts. Second of all, nobody is born in an incubator. The mom and the dad's looking at them like, I can't wait till Johnny eats out the trash at 30. That's never the plan. So if somebody's homeless, be mindful. Because guess what? As we've seen with COVID, we're all a couple steps away. Yes. 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 So true. 
And again, to just reiterate, I think that, you know, we all have a beginning. And as you said, you know, right. nobody plans for that. Nobody plans for that. Things happen. I know some of the most successful women that I follow. Right. Um, they're not social media gurus that right. pretend to buy followers. No, these are women that are millionaires, but they share their stories. One happens to be my coach um, that literally was making a lot of money. And then of course the market crashed. And of course, you know, we all know with that, a lot of people lost their jobs. They became homeless and so, and she was sleeping on someone else's couch. Right. She was a financial expert, right. you know? Um, but things do happen. Your life can change within a matter of moments. And right. you, you have to have that. Don't have compassion because you think that's the thing to do. Have compassion because that's what your heart wants for people, right? And yes, again, you know, what goes up must come down. <laughs> At the end of the day, we never want to present that. We never want to be the people that are like, you know, tooting our nose right. up at someone else or down on someone else or whatever. You don't want to do that because you just never know. You just never know. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being super transparent and, and even sharing that story. Because I tell you, you know, like you told me that, mm, well, live, honey, honey, this is recorded now. But I'm saying when you shared that with me initially, I was hot mad and I had a whole lot to say. So like, what? <laughs> and, and really, it, it, again, it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the fact that you're a human being. And that's just not how you treat another human being. I'm homeless. Like, you have a, you're going to go home to a warm bed. You look right. like that you're going to be in a very good situation. You're coming out the Ritz. This is one of the best hotels on the planet. They right. What do you have to be mad about? <laughs> Why are you mad? But I, I think I love that you said, you know, hurt people do hurt people. And just because, you know, I mean, we've seen where they've been kind of off topic, but again, we've seen where people have committed suicide. Some of the richest people have committed suicide recently. And um, bigger house to hide, bigger problem. Right. So, um, but it also says that in where we're going now, how do you go from that? So now, you know, you've been spit on, you've, you've slept in near garbage dumpsters, you, you've gotten to the lowest point of your life, and then you come again to this great king that says, not today, you won't die on my watch. I don't know what you're talking about. The devil is a liar. Let me help you get your mind right. Talk to him. Uh, how him eating him. Take us back to that moment. Pick up from there. Okay. Now he has come in. I believe God sent him. So what happens? So the answer, and, and everybody always asks me this, how'd you go from the dumpster to the keynote, to national keynotes? And the answer is God and grind, right? Um, and I'll tell you. So God woke me up through that man. Then I got to the treatment center. Mm -hmm. At the treatment center, I was in the basement. I'll never forget this. I'm in the basement. Good man, Brother Harold, who's a great man. I'm in a treatment facility, living room treatment facility. I'm there. It's in Bucks County. I'm in the basement. And at the time, they had a clothing donation. And I'm going through the clothes. And he asked me, am I going to pick underwear? And then it hit me. I'm in the basement of a treatment facility. And I'm picking out underwear. And I'm going through the ones that aren't stained. And see, I got raised opposite of that. Uh, regardless of what was going on emotionally in my home, my mom took damn good care of me, fed me well. I was completely pampered as an only child. Trust me on that. Broke her back to make sure I had everything. So for me to be in that humbling of a situation, once I came to, right. I said, no, I can't do this no more. 
So I got on the phone, I called my mom, and she said, Freddie, I hope I didn't get sober to bury you, because I will. My mom had given up on me. And I don't know if that was psychology, because now she swears she just said that because she just wanted me to get it together. Whatever, it worked. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I, every night, I was it's like a Rocky movie, right? Every night I'm reading my AA book, I'm reading my NA book, reading my Bible, I'm writing. I start a prayer group in treatment. We start with one person. By the time I get done, we end with 34 people, staff included, right? And that taught me integrity because I had a prayer group in there and I was a good leader in the community. And so I was learning integrity, right? I also was learning to get a skin for success. I do 78 days in there, not a visit, not none of that stuff. All I do in there is read. I read Jackie Onassis' biography. I read Bill Clinton's biography. I read Hillary's book. I read a book about the Supreme Court. I was reading my AA, my NA. I was writing. I, w- I was praying at night. Like, I was, I was, I was in a zone. Mm-hmm. I leave treatment. I get to the halfway house. I, I develop a network. I get to a church. I find my wife. I enter school. And the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. And, it, you know, it sounds all, it sounds great, but you see this long journey he had to go to. If he had stopped at any point, it's over. literally would have never come to this. And I'm saying that, you know, wherever you are on your journey, right, a lot of times we want what it looks like now. Could you have said you want what he got after so, hearing what he's gone through? Let me, let me tell you what a psycho, I took an IQ test two years ago. Right when I entered, no, three years ago when I entered school. And there was this guy who was a psychologist, Republican too. And he worked in lab, he worked in rats with labs at Villanova for years. Mm-hmm. And he studied addiction brain. He's been well published, New England Medical Journal. He's one of the gurus of this. He told me this. He said, Freddie, listen, here's the key to make it in life. He said, not only do the studies prove it, but all the people I've ever known, the people that can wait. The people that can struggle today for the glory of five years are the people that's going to make it in life. I'll never forget he told me that. This And, and he wasn't a spiritual man. He was it, the, this his brain, his IQ, what he's seen and what life has taught him. He told me, he said, every psychologist I talk to, all the leaders in the field are all saying, it's the people that don't have to have it now. Right, right. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. sense. And again, I can't stress it. You can't want what it looks like because I am telling you, that's why you have to continue on the grind, getting the resources, doing the work, surrounding yourself with mentor, coaches, sponsors, whatever it takes. You've got to keep developing, healing, you know, living, right? Coaching is for living. Therapy is for healing, right? And whatever it takes, however long it takes, you've got to be committed to the commitment. Yep. Tell people a lot of times, and that's what I've learned. And late Cody Bryant said this, and bless him. He said, uh, the games are easy. It's the 4 a.m. gym. It's the 4 a.m. film studies and all that. And you know what I've learned about speaking? The speaking part is the fun part. What's hard hard is the 300 emails I got to send on a Sunday morning. What's hard is closing the business deals. What's hard is moving money, robbing Peter to pay Paul. What's yeah. hard is like when I gotta when I gotta when I gotta know and because when you ask for something, you open yourself up to a hard no, right? So it's learning how to navigate that. The speaking, the job itself, that's fun. You better say it. You better say it. I the other stuff was, was hard. Absolutely, it is those consistent emails. You know, waiting for that 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 yes after a thousand no's. It's absolutely you know showing up. 
you know, consistently doing things consistently. That is, it absolutely is hard. You know, working out, I love it. You know, but it's hard doing it every single Monday, moving Monday, right? It's hard, you know, but I understand that this is, first of all, it's not about me. It's not even about a flat stomach. I'd like to have one once again. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) it may happen. It may not happen. But I show up because as a leader, that is my duty. It is my duty to let you know that what happens consistently pays off a great reward. Right? It's not self glorification. It's not about the likes. It's not about that. It's about doing and having a routine. Doing it repeatedly. Look at ET every time. You know, he's the the number one motivational speaker. You know how long he's been doing that? And he's now, well, not now, but he's been reaping the rewards after having done it, doing it, excuse me, for, you know, we're going to say seven years or years. You don't just get. You know, sobriety just like that, or you just don't get to whatever that goal is that your heart is seeking. Right. And, and, and you know, not only to, just to add to that fire gospel, what school and what sobriety taught me is I have to love the labor more than the fruit because the labor is always going to be there. The fruit will come after. I got to love the journey. I got to love the grind. And, and see, that's what I think a lot of people, everybody's looking at the reward. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. the reward is, is is not what this is about. It's about the grind because I'm trying to show the grind so that the next person can get on the grind. Empower right. people to empower other people. Right, right. And we need it. We really need yes. it. You know, the whole and you really can see who's grinding, to be quite honest. You can see it. And I know some people don't like the terminology, but it is what it is. When you're working, you're doing a thing over and over and over. That's a grind. That's a grind. That's a good grind. I know what I do is a grind. So they could just they could just like I'll pray for them. They could just be upset because I don't know what to tell you. Right. This is a grind. But that's what it is. It's it's not about comparing yourself to someone no. else. Um, it's it's not even about that being in the clicks, you know, oh I wanna be I mean, I know for myself, do I wanna be the, the number one speaker in the world? I'll take the female type, right? right. You know, I'll take that. But I, I definitely want to make sure that you're living your life past, you know, your pain. You're understanding that whatever you've you've gone through, that there's still a purpose attached to that. Right. And so as long as I'm showing up, I'm doing my part. You're going to see that bringing right here on this platform shows that it, it's yes. evidence of that. Nobody is exempt. But are you willing to put in the work? That's the bottom line. You know, it's funny you say that, too, because what college taught me also, I don't think college measures your intelligence. I think it measures your discipline. And that's it. That's it. I, and and. I think that's the difference between A students and B students. And C students. So true. So true. And I can attest to that. I yes. have two degrees, and I tell you, Bless I should always congratulate A, honey. I was like, I'm here for the A. I'm here for the A. So I was showing up in class. You know, I was participating. I was good with my assignments. You're absolutely right. And then, of course, when I finished, it was just like, okay, I have nothing to do. Now, what, what do I do with all this time? Right, right, right. I feel I hit that when the summer's hit, when the breaks hit. I've had to learn. Well, now that I have a business, that don't happen right, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I didn't have a business at that time, so that's Me why either. I was freaking and acting crazy. So I had degrees even when I was acting crazy, when my life was in disarray, but I had to know that too. You know, well, you, you, when you were in school, you had so much to do, you know? And I thank God for the purpose that he's put on my life. You know, yes. I have a schedule. That's even part of the things that I teach even in my program. Routines. Like, you know, you have to understand how, how they play such a role in your life. Because if you got all this, what do you say? 
the the idle time, if the devil's yeah. workshop, it will be my mind, you know, it's funny, right? I heard a guy say this to me, he's right. I have to be in some type of therapeutic, some type of work consistently. Yeah. There can't be a moment, an hour that don't go by in my day that my brain ain't doing something that is in some way, shape, or form positive because I know Freddie very well. Right, there you go. Even That goes down to even relationships, right? Because if you form the unnecessary relationships with people, and even if it's just somebody that you might have dealt with in your past, you can't even afford to spend too much time with them. It's like, oh, you know, that other those other patterns start, you know, resurfacing, if you will. Am I right? Uh, are you right? You're a thousand percent right. Um, everybody's not to be in my square, right? Like I had to learn that because their energy and their spirit can infiltrate. And now that I'm living healthy and been blessed to have what I got, not only is it important for me not to have that around, but I got to remember what's in me goes in them, right? Because I project out and that's my job is, is a person that is a family man, a person that's, you know, supposed to be a leader. I can't be inputting everything and being around everybody. Right. Oh no. Right. Oh no. Right. You know, I, I spoke earlier, this is um, kind of ties into, I spoke earlier on my podcast, I, I released and it was really, really about, you know, how do we share or what do we share? How do we handle uh, the things that we share in our journeys with our family members judging us and things like that? So even with that, your relationships, um, you're going to have to know how to minimize those relationships because, again, it's your life. You don't want too much coming in, too much going out. It can be very toxic. And then those you're being in those surroundings now you've got to deal with a girl or you know a guy king you know why, why you be sharing so much and and or what makes you so great because i remember when you was a crackhead or i remember when you was drinking and twisting i remember i did this um <laughs> i have this event that i do i haven't done it obviously you know the pandemic but i have this annual event called the celebration of sobriety which will be coming back up god willing in 2021 and um i was sharing my truth on the platform. A lot of people came out. It was really, it was a blessing. It was in Brooklyn. And I remember this lady said, you know, I opened up Q&A for, you know, those that had any questions. I remember this young lady said, well, you know, I just thank you for allowing me to be here. Cause I remember kind of, you was a hot, funky mess. You was drinking. You was, I mean, literally she was going in. It wasn't a great question, honey. She was just, yeah, she had, yeah, yeah. Aggravated attention. Right. And I'm saying to myself, well, didn't I just tell this in the story? Did not just right, okay. Right. I guess you want to add, but people do that, you know, um, as a way. It's really for them. So when right. people add and, and say things like, you know, I remember, we'll say that. Right. Um, it can do one or two things. It can pull you back in a space, and you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I did used to do that. So now the judgment's coming. It can also make you feel like you have to defend yourself, and you don't have to defend yourself or nobody, honey. Not when you right. live the best life so much. Yeah, absolutely. That. And yeah. that's the point that Frederick is making: uh, the importance of safeguarding your your environment and not putting yourselves in that type of space. Yes, ma'am. Um, and, and, and just to add to the point, you're 100% right. And just to add to your point, too, um, I had to learn, and I'll go back to it, my only way to heaven is through Jesus. Yes. For so long, I was trying to prove myself, and I was trying to be accepted. I don't do that no more. This is who I am, and this is what it is, and this is what it's going to be. 
And the bottom line is, to those that don't understand, to those that don't accept it, to those who might have a problem about it, I'm praying for you. I wish you nothing but the best. Please take that energy that you have towards me. Please take that hatred or that nonsense that you have boiling up. Take that and invent something. Take that and go to law school so you can help this racism out here. Like, instead of that energy, put it into getting healthier and use it for something that could benefit the world. Yeah, I agree. Well said, well said. Oh my God, I, I'm just so grateful to have had you. This has been phenomenal. I mean, oh no, you're much, a blessing. much needed, much You're a blessing. I, I hope you guys got a whole lot from this. If you didn't, uh, maybe you need to rewind it. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, I, I just, I want, I want everybody to know, and I, and I mean this from the depths of my heart. Mm-hmm. I've been very, when you start a business and you know this, you don't know what's coming down the pipe. You don't know what's going to ring. You don't know who's going to do what. So I've had to learn all this. I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school to be a podcaster. I didn't go to school to be a motivation. So I'm learning as I go. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is your energy, your spirit, your, 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 your appetite for what's right and your positivity is contagious. It's infectious. And the reality of it is you're a damn good soul to the earth. I mean, it's not even arguing. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that there's platforms like this with people like you that run them so that people at the bottom of life or even at the top can be reminded and can learn how to live the best quality of life that they can. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, King. And listen, I wasn't always like this. I, I can say that I have said it. Um, I can remember professor told me, you know, you, you need to really seek motivational speaking. You need to do that. And I remember, I'm like, lady, I'm just here for the A. I don't know what you're talking about. And um, I'm being honest, you know. I was like, she's like, no, that's your calling. And, and I didn't see it. It's because I was broken at that time. But when I got to that space of healing and understanding that God had a bigger purpose. And I'm saying that because you're looking at a king here. But you guys are not looking at him. I'm looking at him. Right. <laughs> but if you're following him, you're looking at him. Um, and... I'm telling you that we all have a purpose. It does not matter where your start was. All of that is irrelevant. God can take, he has taken people from the Bible, whores and, you know, liars and thieves and murderers. He's taken the Bible and he's made great men and women and kings and queens from them. And I'm saying when we start to look at ourselves differently, when we understand that we're not our own, you know, that nothing that you do you could work out a thousand times you can read a thousand books and you can do all of that that's wonderful but you better get god in your life you better understand to have him a part of the assignment the mission is better than to not have him at all mm. that's mm. that's where i can say it mm. <laughs> i don't want to do this life without him so who's i tried that me? and if i tried not, that god bless you but let me tell you something. Um, I'm so thankful to have you. But before we let you go, mm-hmm. these are like the three closeout questions. I just started doing this. You're like the second person that I've done mm-hmm. this. Uh, so I'm going to ask you three questions. Mm-hmm. And you just fill in the blank. The first is, I'm sorry, not three. Two questions. Uh, two questions. Cool, 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 cool. The first one is, my name is, you'll say your name, and the truth about sobriety is, and the truth about sobriety to me, sorry, is so my name is blank, and the truth about sobriety to me is. All right. Let me know when you're ready. 
I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Freddie, and the truth about sobriety is legacy. And the reason I say that is because sobriety allows me to leave a legacy of empowering people to empower other people. What better legacy could I leave? I love that. I love that. Yes. It definitely is. I have to agree. All right. What's one book you've read? It can be in the sobriety realm or not. But what's one book you've read that you would recommend uh, to the audience? Asset of Money by Now Ferguson. How can you spend money if you don't understand it? Mm. And how many of us do that, honey? How many of us? <laughs> I, I know I've been guilty of it. How many of us spend money uh, just not doing it justice and not making sure that money becomes more money? Because money should work for you. You shouldn't work for money. So, I'm working on that right now. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, I'm I'm still working on it. So um, I'm doing okay, but I'm, I, I, there's always room for growth. But I yeah. love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So um, let the people know where they can follow you at, oh. how they can, you know, stay in touch. Okay. So my my company name is The Message LLC. Uh, the website is www. I always say four W's, but it's three W's. The Message LLC. It's themessagellc.com. I always say four W's. It's crazy. Anyway, it's themessagellc.com. Just go to my webpage. It'll tell you everything. On Instagram, on The Message LLC. I made it simple. It's The Message LLC. Uh, my website has all my published writings. It has my accolades with schooling. It has my credentials and it has my speaking and places I spoke and where I'm going. Love it. I'm telling you guys, you've got to stay connected to Frederick. He's truly turning lives around with his story. Uh, he's, he's a living testament of what's possible. And really, you have no excuse. You have no excuse not to turn your pain into purpose. Um, there are kings and queens out here doing it, and you can be one of them. It doesn't matter, again, how low you've fallen. I don't care what you don't have. Stop looking at what you don't have. Start looking at what you do have. Mm. If you got God on your side, you got more than enough. So um, I hope that this episode has blessed you. I know it has blessed me. Make sure you follow Frederick on his uh, Facebook, on his Instagram. That's where I follow him, y'all. I'll be yes. all over his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> And that's my brother for life. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so thankful. If there's anything you ever need from me, you just let me know. You guys, make sure you tune in next week because we also have Dawn Nichols coming up. She's mm. the owner of She Recovers. You guys know that's my girl. But uh, thank you guys so much for being here. And uh, until next Wasn't that episode absolutely amazing? I hope that you have found something of value that you can apply in your life. And just take this necessary steps that you need to take to propel your life to the next level. I know that you can do it. Why? Because you deserve it. Also, if you haven't gotten my book, make sure that you grab hold to it, Alcohol Fiend to Sobriety Queen. All the information will be in the show notes. Lastly, make sure you like, comment, and share this week's episode. Share it with your family, with a friend, just someone in conversation. You never know just how much you can contribute to somebody else's resolve in life. Thank you so much for listening.